will has been a constant battle for me my entire life. In particular, I'm in love with sugar, as I'm sure many of you are as well. I had tried other eating programs that cut out sugar as well as a lot of other stuff too, but I really found success with Sugar Free 3, a plan formulated by Michelle Promolico and outlined in her book, Sugar Free 3, the simple three-week plan for more energy, better sleep, and surprisingly easy weight loss. Now, Michelle knows what she's talking about. She's the former editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan and Women's Health Magazines and is currently the editorial director at large for The Well and an advisor to several healthy lifestyle brands. This is Michelle's third book, and we had such a fantastic conversation. I didn't even get to cover everything I wanted to from the book, like mindful indulgences, how to fight cravings, including by using aromatherapy, and how the book busts a common myth of how many people think they can eat poorly, but, oh, I'll just work it off later. But the book says correctly, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. So if you are struggling with sugar too, or even if you want to eat just a bit healthier, I think you'll get something from this conversation. Take a listen. It's the end of January. How are you doing on your healthy eating New Year's resolutions? Well, listeners, if you're like me, not great. That's why I brought in the expert, Michelle Promolico. I hope I said that correctly, Michelle, former editor-in-chief of both Women's Health and Cosmopolitan and the author of books like Look Better Naked, 20 Pounds Younger, and my favorite, Sugar-Free Three, to help us out. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Did I say Promolico correctly? Promolico, you got it. it, Promolico, it looks a lot more intimidating than it is. So (laughs) you just have to forget that that U is there and just pronounce Uh it phonetically, Promolico. But it is intimidating. It's 11 letters. It is. Well, my last name is 10 letters, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, but just not as tricky. (laughs) Not as as scary looking. Not as scary looking. It's not the same. And I wanted to make sure to pronounce it correctly. So um, you've been a hero of mine for a long time. And especially when it comes to healthy eating, you know, I was talking to you offline a second ago, I have done sugar-free three, which we're going to talk about in just a second. I've done it a couple of times. It is, it is so great, but I, I wind up falling back off the wagon every time. And because I will forthrightly admit to you, I'm addicted to sugar, Uh, but I'm not alone. In your book, Sugar-Free Three, you write that the average American, this is disgusting, consumes 152 pounds of sugar a year, which breaks down to three pounds a week. Michelle, how do we become so addicted (laughs) to sugar? I I mean, there's so many, so many things to say about this. The first thing I want to say is you're not alone in one, your addiction, obviously, as just, you know, evidenced by that stat, but also in the sort of recidivism of going back to eating sugar and then needing to do the program more than once. It's not that it's not that there's something wrong with the program. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that we have been habituated, our palates have been habituated to eating sweet things. And the reason for that is because sugar, added sugar, and we'll talk about what that means, is in almost everything we eat. Mm-hmm. And therefore, our palates have become adjusted to this idea of having a certain level of sweetness. And the reason I wrote the book is I was right there with you and I am not perfect now. I don't claim to be perfect. And it's also 
the kind of thing where I built the program in a way so that you could go back to it when you feel like you've gotten off the rails. And a lot of times this happens after the holidays, right? We mm-hmm. allow ourselves indulgences because we should, and we want to be part of that celebratory culture. And that is another piece of it. We have built a lot of celebratory things around eating sweet things and rewarding ourselves, we say, with sweet things. So this is a sort of complex and nuanced problem in a way, because it stems from everything from the way that our food is manufactured. We're talking about processed foods to the way that we celebrate with sweet food, birthdays and promotions and anniversaries and all sorts of things. And that there is this really, the way it hits your brain, the dopamine that it generates, there is this addictive quality to it. All that said, it is super unhealthy to consume so much sugar. Mm -hmm. And I wrote the book as a way to give people not only just tools for how to kick it, but also information about where it hides, because that's really the big thing is that we unknowingly consume sugar. It's one thing to have the birthday cake. It's one thing to have the Christmas cookies. It's another thing to be eating pasta sauce or ketchup or a loaf of bread, you know, a piece of bread or something else that sugar has been added to. And then we're getting sugar in our diets that we're not even aware of. And that's what contributes to this cycle. Well, you said it. I mean, sugar is everywhere. It is hidden in plain sight. I mean, obviously when you want to cut sugar, you know that sweets like cookies and donuts and birthday cake are off the table, but you just said sugar is, sugar is hiding in salad dressing for crying out loud. So can you talk to us about that? Because sugar is everywhere. It is so pervasive. Right. And that's why I use the term added sugar, right? This is sugar that is not naturally occurring in food. So in dairy, in fruit, there's naturally occurring sugars and those are okay. You can eat whole fruit with the fiber intact, right? And that slows down, you know, the sugar hitting your bloodstream. That's okay. And by the way, nobody's ODing on fruit. Most people are not ODing on fruit, right? So that's not the nutrition villain. I mean, there are definitely um, diets out there that ask you to, you know, quit fruit. That's not, that's not where I'm going with this. I'm trying to make people aware, and this is more an eating practice than a diet. It's a program. It's a healthy eating program. It's education but it's not about naturally occurring sugars and things like fruit. But if you liquefy fruit, then yes, it's like going straight. You're not getting the fire, the fiber anymore. And it's going straight into your bloodstream. So eating whole fruit is healthy for you. There's, there's lots of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and things that you, that you need and can use. It's the sugar that is added to food. That is the problem. And the things that you said, like salad dressing. Would you pour sugar on your salad, on your lettuce? No, you wouldn't. But you're actually unknowingly doing that sometimes when you buy bottled salad dressing and you don't look at what's in it. And so really writing Sugar Free 3, and there's also a whole video component. So there's the book. And then there's a whole video component that basically breaks down everything that's in the book, but it's me talking and me having guests on, like nutritionist Carrie Glassman, talking about 
how to eat more healthfully and how to eliminate added sugar. And that video program is on a platform called OpenFit. So you can either get the book or you can go to openfit.com and you can do the program sugar-free three there, or you can kind of do them both as companions. So added sugar is what manufacturers do to, it's an inexpensive way to make something taste good. And for a long time, we weren't aware of it because it really wasn't called out in the nutrition facts label. Those things are happening now. There's new rules and laws in place that are forcing manufacturers, especially manufacturers of food at a certain size, um, to actually call it out in the nutrition facts label under total carbohydrates. There is a line now in most packaged food that says added sugar. You really want that to be zero. I mean, if you're being, if you're complying with during the program, during sugar-free three, it should be zero. During life, you know, just normal life, it can be low. You really want it to be zero, but you want it to be low, but it's actually just a way for you to gauge how much sugar you're getting because it says added sugar right there on the nutrition facts label now, whereas years ago it didn't. But you also just want to know even if it's not, because I, I don't know if the compliance is 100%. The law was sort of a rolling law where people, manufacturers had to, of a certain size, had to put it on their label sooner. And some companies had a little bit more time. So I'm not sure if the law is taken 100%. But you still want to be able to read ingredients and understand how manufacturers make food, cereals and other things, all sorts of things, soups, everything really. Um, so that you can just be more informed and aware of how much sugar you're eating throughout the day. No, that's so good. And, you know, when I read in Sugar Free 3, what sugar is doing to our bodies, I was appalled. And then, Michelle, you hit me with the sugar sag, how sugar is even (laughs) causing us to age more quickly and premature wrinkles. Exactly. My body body is never perfect, but my face, don't touch my face, sugar. Like, do not, don't you dare come to my face. First of all, nobody's body is perfect, right? What we're looking for is like a healthy body and a strong body and a resilient body. And sugar is, is, let's just call it out, it's evil. And it's really, it's so deteriorating of our health cognitively, you know, and, and all at like weight management, cognitively, every chronic disease, it causes inflammation, which is the root cause of most chronic diseases, all chronic diseases. And then sugar sag, it's funny that you bring that up is, you know, we're talking more about exactly your face and about how it contributes to laxity in your face. And I, you know, consult with Dr. Whitney Bowe, who's a renowned dermatologist and, and a friend of mine. I bring all of my super expert friends into my writing because I'm the conduit to the information. Yes, I'm a health editor. I know maybe more about these things than the average person, but I rely on registered dietitians, doctors, you know, dermatologists and others to really give me the facts and also studies. Obviously there's lots of research. Everybody knows now that sugar is harmful, you know, whether it's sagging skin or you know, being a type two diabetic, that it is really, really damaging, but it is also really addictive because it's pleasure inducing. And there's a way to eat healthfully the majority of the time and still be able to have sweets and sugar and other things when we want it, when we want to be part of that communal celebration, 
you know, without it controlling us, without it being a predominant craving, without it causing health problems. And also there's, you know, there's also some healthy alternatives, healthier alternatives, I'll call them, to sugar. In the book, I talk about how, you know, at least the three weeks on your pro on the program, you can use stevia and monk fruit because mm -hmm. they don't actually cause an elevation in your blood sugar level and they don't mess with your microbiome. A lot of people I have found just anecdotally talking to people are sort of um, misinformed about certain sub sweet substances that they think are quote unquote healthier things like maple syrup or honey. Sure. Those things may have some marginal medicinal or health properties, some, you know, vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and other things, but they still, they still impact your blood sugar. So for me, I don't like to have unsweetened coffee. I'd love to say that I could drink it black and I could drink it without any milk, which has naturally mm -hmm. occurring sugars, or I could drink it without sweetener. But the truth is I don't enjoy it as much. So I put some stevia in my coffee. So that's my concession. And it gives it a little sweetness without messing with my blood sugar levels and my microbiome, to be honest. Yeah, and so we should mention that Sugar-Free 3 is this program you formulated three weeks without sugar, though the plan does say we can have natural sugar. Um, you write that you will feel better than ever before, and I've done Sugar-Free 3 a couple of times, and it's true, uh, right down to you write better sleep, hotter sex, sign me up, Michelle. Um, one, of the, <laughs> one of the benefits is more energy, but what, yes. what would you say to those of us who, you know, whether this is good or bad, who have been relying on sugar as our primary source of energy? Well, I mean, I think, as you know, from doing the program, having more energy, even, you know, as soon as you wake up in the morning and not needing to grab that super sugary cup of coffee or whatever it is, or cereal or pastry. I mean, that sugar energy is so fleeting, right? It's not sustainable. It's not consistent. It's an up and down thing. It messes with our moods and emotions. It messes with our sleep, which also then messes with our energy. So energy is actually one of the things that I think is the biggest, you know, benefit from doing sugar-free three and from kicking added sugar from your diet, because you get more consistent energy, which is fueled by nutritious food. So really what sugar-free three is trying to do is to get you to not only eliminate added sugar, but to eat more whole foods. And that's really, really what it comes down to. Could you eat packaged foods and find some packaged foods that have no added sugar. Absolutely. And actually we're getting with things like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and other places and, you know, not even just regular grocery stores, you are able to find some packaged foods that don't have added sugar if you're really looking and you're really being conscientious, but really what we all should be doing is eating more whole food mm -hmm. and cooking more of our own meals. Because when you cook your own meals, you automatically eat more healthfully because you know exactly what's going into it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I appreciate that the book offers tons of great recipes for cooking at home, Yes, but Michelle, what happens when I have a date or a work dinner or I have to eat at a restaurant for a birthday dinner or something because sugar is hidden everywhere and I don't want to slip up. 
Right. Well, I mean, there's a few things you can do. One, you could try to be the one in control of choosing the place, right? If you're able to, whether that's a date or a work function or, you know, a friend's birthday. So you can do that. You can, one of my tricks is without being rude and interrupting, I try to be sort of the first one to order at the table because then I find I make decisions based on what I know is in an effort to stay healthy versus kind of being seduced into, oh, they, they ordered the, you know, the dessert or they ordered the whatever, you know, thing that I know is probably not the healthiest and then getting kind of pulled into that. So there's just sort of these tools and habits that you develop, whether it's researching a restaurant ahead of time to know kind of what they have on their menu or to know what kinds of you know, food practices and philosophies they have and commitment to serving healthy food. And then also, you know, just kind of being the first one to order and to, to set the tone for the rest of the table. Because I think we, there's a contagiousness to ordering where you know what it's like when you're out with friends and, and some friends are a little bit, you know, they don't mean to be like this, but they're a little bit of like saboteurs because they sort of want the permission to eat how they want to eat. And it makes them feel better if they're if they're doing it with somebody rather than doing it alone. So there's all these kind of habits you can form. And then the, the last thing I want to say on that front is you also, it's not healthy to stress out. So if you're at a dinner on a date or at a celebration and you, and you consume sugar, that's okay. You just want to be cognizant of not doing it mindlessly all the time, right? Mindfulness and mindful eating really means just having an increased awareness and paying attention to it and not doing it reflexively without thinking about what you're putting in your body. Doing it occasionally is okay. Stressing out about it is not healthy. So true. And you know, when I've been in relationships, this happens to me all the time and I'm trying so hard to be on the bandwagon eating. Well, my partner is not on the same bandwagon. That makes things so challenging. How That is one of the, that's one of the biggest challenges. So tough. Um, I, I have fallen off many times. And look, I put the food in my mouth, so I can't blame any man for eating poorly, but I mean, it really does help when the other person is on the same page, but if they're not, for whatever reason, how can we best do sugar-free three if for whatever reason, our partner does not want to do it too? Well, I think there's a few things. One, that is a huge challenge, especially if you're living together, right? That's that because you have this, you know, this refrigerator or this pantry that's full of, you know, both both foods that may be good or not good for you as far as sugar is concerned. Or you're going out to dinner or you're spending a lot of time together or whatever. I, so it is one of the biggest challenges. So a few things. One, I think you have to have a very frank conversation with the person and say, I'm really trying to make these decisions for my health and your support would mean a lot to me. And all that means is maybe, you know, don't try to pull me into your eating habits. Don't try to discourage me from this. Just support me and encourage me. One, find another community, whether that's the sugar-free three community, because you can like, there's a Facebook group, you can go to open fit. You can be part of that community where you're encouraging each other or get a friend to do it with you. So I think there's ways around it, but, but just being honest and asking for the support and, you know, trying to make the decisions that are in the best interest of your health and finding sort of, you know, if your significant other won't do it with you yet, that would be the ideal thing, doing it together. If they won't, then just, you know, asking at least for their support and encouragement and finding kind of other outlets and I other forms of the sugar sponsor. 
<laughs> yeah, well, the sugar sponsor is kind of somebody that you call in a weak moment, right? It's not necessarily, it, it could be somebody who's doing the program with you, but your sugar sponsor could be that person that, um, you know, when you're walking by, I don't know, some kind of like bulk candy store and you really feel like you're being like magnetically pulled into it, you can just kind of like text or speed dial that person and be like, hey, tell, remind me again why I'm doing this or talking up the clipper. Like, just distract me for a second. Because a lot of times you get a craving and if you just distract yourself by going for a walk or calling a friend, your sugar sponsor or drinking a glass of water, you can sort of short circuit that craving and then, you know, kind of get past it. Like a lot of times it's just this thing again that we've habituated ourselves to. So yeah, I have this, this thing in the book called sugar sponsor, which is the person that is going to kind of keep you accountable. Really. It's just an accountability partner, the way you might have a workout buddy. Well, I'm about ready to do sugar free three again. I'm so excited. You know, I, I'm after I merge out of the, I hate this phase and settle into it. I mean, it's like detoxing, like detoxing from any other, there is. any other, yeah, other there, there is, you feel that, you know, you feel a little bit worse before you feel better. And again, that is sort of the, the, you know, detoxing stage, but it, it happens pretty quickly for most people. Definitely within the first few days to a week, mm -hmm. they are feeling much more energetic and more disciplined and less cravings. And all of it happens pretty quickly by the end of the three weeks, for sure. Um, and obviously, when you start seeing positive changes, when you, your skin starts looking better, when yeah. your sleep is you know, a, a better quality, when your energy levels are better, when your moods are more consistent, when you dropped a few pounds, if you need, if that's part of your goal and part of what you need, all of that is then the fuel that keeps you going and the momentum. So, you know, yeah, there might be a few icky days. I'm super honest about that in the book um, and in the mm -hmm. program, but it does get better and staying hydrated sleeping more, maybe choosing not to work out a ton during those first early stages. Like all of those things are a way to support the healing that your body is actually going through. Yeah. And I, I'm excited because there is just nothing that beats that feeling. Once you get over that hump, just how amazing it feels to be without sugar. And, you know, it takes 21 days or three weeks to break a habit by the end of sugar free three, you just feel like you can soar. And, you know, Absolutely. as I'm, as I'm I'm getting ready to, to do it again. Um, my last question for you is what do you hope readers get out of the book and out of taking part in sugar free three? I think the biggest thing is just sort of dispelling with this notion that sugar is innocent, right? It has this halo because we associate it again, we associate it with celebratory times and, and rewards and good feelings. And as a result, it has this false halo when really it's probably one of the most detrimental things that we can consume, especially when we're consuming more of it than we know, you know, because it's hidden in all these places, hidden in plain sight, as you say, that's the perfect way to say it. And so what I want people to recognize is that it is very damaging to every system of the body. It is conquerable and it doesn't mean you can never have anything sugary. You know, it's not, um, you know, it is addictive, but it's, it's not like a drug, you know, you can have it once in a while and still remain in control. It's about eating healthfully the majority of the time and realizing that the real reward 
is feeling good, not the cupcake. The real reward is feeling in control of your cravings and feeling good about yourself and taking care of your health. So I commend you for raising awareness about it and for, and for taking control of your own health, because I think that's one of the biggest things is not feeling like we're just swept up in this current and that we're pawns to, you know, food manufacturers and mad food scientists who, you know, create these Franken foods that are full of sugar and, and aren't naturally sweet. You know, when you eat a piece of fruit after sugar-free three, it's so sweet. You're like, oh my God, I don't actually no, need to eat the candy bar. Or when you drink a Coke after sugar-free three, it tastes like <laughs> toxic poison. I have to uh, tell you. To- totally. No, it's true. And it's amazing how quickly your palate adjusts. And then you're like, whoa, I actually don't even want that stuff or crave it. So, and that, that feels very powerful. So it really is, it's just empowering people to make this change, just making this one change can have a dramatic impact on everything from cognitive health to your waistline, to your energy and your sleep. So um, it's worth just paying attention to how much sugar you consume and, and finding the tools and the awareness to know that it does sometimes sneak into foods when you don't realize it. More than we even know. So here is to a healthier 2022 starting now. Thank you for the book and thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with us. So on Tuesday, we have a really interesting conversation for our 50th episode, our 50th episode. Can you believe that? We have David Rudolph, who you might recognize from Netflix's The Staircase, on the show to talk about America's criminal justice system. It's a compelling conversation you won't want to miss. Talk then.